0: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Now we have a Haiti update from Amy Willens. She's written extensively about the Middle East, California, and the Trump family, but she's best known for her work on Haiti, most recently the award-winning book, Farewell Fred Voodoo. She's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation, and she's the former Jerusalem bureau chief of The New Yorker. She's a 2020 Guggenheim fellow, and she teaches in the Literary Journalism Program at UC Irvine. Amy, welcome back.
1: Thanks a lot, John.
0: Well, we always start by reminding our listeners why we care about Haiti, and it's not just because it's a desperately poor country, but because Haiti had the first slave revolution in the 1790s, the largest slave uprising since Spartacus. It established the world's first black republic, and Haiti has been punished by France and the United States pretty much ever since. You say you were astonished by one piece of news about Haiti that came out last week. Tell us about that.
1: It was an unasked for statement by the OAS, unsigned, but by the Secretary General, Luis Almagro, who wrote, it was a mea culpa, basically, saying that the international community was responsible for the decline over the last 20 years of Haiti.
0: Do you agree with this uh, assessment?
1: Oh, yeah. We've been saying this forever. All you had to do was watch the international community, ignoring every government or controlling every government in Haiti for the past 30 years, to know that uh, they were largely responsible for what's been happening in Haiti since the earthquake.
0: And... What is life like right now for ordinary yeah. Haitians in Port au Prince?
1: It's just so bad. So many of my friends who have money to, to get out have gotten out. Uh, you know, very responsible people and the entire uh, professional class are sort of sitting it out in Miami so they don't get killed. But the place is being run, the capital, Port au Prince being run by the gangs there are 200 operating gangs in haiti estimated now some of these are a little like you know your hometown gang your neighborhood gang and then some of them are running uh gangs so big that they can close off all routes into the capital they close off close down the uh the gasoline depot at the port and have done um they They could close the airport at any given moment if they decided to do that. Uh, They took over the justice ministry and burned all the files in the justice ministry. Mm -hmm. They burned down two courts. They threatened to come down to the presidential palace Of course, there's not a president in Haiti right now. There's just a de facto prime minister whom the international community, thank you, international community, appointed basically to be the replacement for the assassinated Jovenel Moise, who was killed a little more than a year ago with no security force to defend him and whose assassination has not even really been prosecuted yet because the suspects are just sitting in a jail in Haiti.
0: So the OAS admits the international community is responsible for the destruction of Haiti. Who does the OAS think can fix Haiti?
1: Well, it's a weird kind of document, this statement. It says it says none of the uh, bran- branches of government is working, none of the ministries is working. And then it says that really the international community is responsible for this breakdown, and then it advises the international community is the as Trump would say to paraphrase that they alone can fix it now yeah. that they've wrecked it, Haiti's supposed to turn to them to fix it. They will have to be involved in the solution for haiti, and that is a terrible thing. These gangs they're there because they're part of the country and how the country has been organized to work in the past couple of decades that they are runners and trans shippers, salesmen um, and uh, wholesalers for the international car- drug cartels in uh, Latin America coming through to the United States. Some of those drugs are sold in Haiti itself but a lot of it is transshipped and this has been going on 30 years but it's much worse and there's the turf wars among these gangs. One recent turf war was in the very big shanty town of Cité Soleil, which was uh, developed by Papadoc François Duvalier in the, I think, 60s or 70s to get all of the homeless people out of Port-au-Prince for some festival he was having. So he pushed them all into this place. And now it's huge. It's a huge shanty town, 200,000 people, maybe more. Um, slightly reduced recently by gang uh, turf battles within it, in which about 475 men, women, and children were destroyed in this fight. So that's what it's like to live in Haiti. It's not good. And the gangs are also run by various political factions. There have been actual human rights reports showing which government officials at the time were involved in various gang massacres. So to fix the gangs essentially is to fix the corruption society because people use these gangs to strong arm their rivals and to and for money. I mean, it's all about money in the end.
0: So who can defeat the gangs? There's the Haitian police. There's the Haitian military.
1: Yeah, I think it was 2021, the Hague police attempted into another shanty town called Village de Dieu, the Village of God, which is run by one of the gangs. And they go in, this not big enough group of national police in, an, in two tanks or armored cars. They were just taken out by the gang. The gangs have more men. Uh, They're probably paying better salaries than the the national police, probably paying more regularly than the national police. And they took these guys, young men exactly like themselves, these policemen, and they almost literally ripped them to shreds. They killed, I think, some. They burned their tanks. They stole their arms. They paraded bodies on video. It was hideous. They're very brazen, the gangs.
0: Yeah. So this is why... The OAS and lots of other people say this is a job for the American military. The American military has been there before. They have the capability. They are, in fact, we've read their their strategy is already drafted to restore order to Port-au-Prince. This would be a justified as a humanitarian intervention.
1: But it's dangerous. That's the thing. I uh, know the U.S. Army could defeat these gangs. Could. Definitely. But if you come in in too great a force, you're going to kill a lot of civilians. The gangs have many supporters among the citizenry. And and if you just go in full blast, full bore, you're going to kill a lot lot of grannies and babies. But the other thing is these people are very well armed. These people have uh, riot gear and bulletproof jackets and everything in the gangs. So it's not like the way the U.S. used to think of going into Haiti. Oh, we'll send in the Marines. It'll be a bunch of guys in blue jeans and, you know, guayaberas who will have to kill, arrest, whatever, take down and it'll be fine. We'll just shoot whoever we need to. No, we could actually, with boots on the ground, sustain casualties. And I think that President Biden is fully aware of that and of what that's going to look like of course
0: historically there's been one alternative to the american military intervening and that is the u.n the u.n sent a peacekeeping force in what 2004 and they were there for like 15 years Uh, remind us how the u.n peacekeeping force turned out for haiti
1: they were the biggest gang they have a lot of series of sexual molestations uh in their record uh they shot a lot of people in their shanties, and they did keep a relative peace during the time they were there. And that's why people like al say, the UN left, that was a mistake, they should have stayed, but they were part and parcel of the inability of Haiti to grow its own judicial forces, to grow its own police forces, to take control itself. But also the UN brought in something much, much worse than all of that, which is cholera. Maybe 10,000, maybe 20,000 people, I can't even remember the number, died uh, in the initial cholera epidemic. And then since then, they've been dying too. There was no cholera in Haiti before the UN came in Mm. and befouled, literally with their excrement, the uh, main river of Haiti. So anytime you went to the river to wash your laundry... You got cholera. You brought it back to your village. Everybody got cholera. People died. So no one could deal with it.
0: You say that the Haitian uh, police have recently introduced a new tactic that has had a kind of success.
1: Looking at the number of arrests and especially of uh, killings of gang leaders and gang members in the past month, someone is operating who's different from what has been happening before. There is a force that's been sent in to advise the Haitian National Police, maybe even helping them, assisting them, working with them hand in hand. I don't know. They have gone out on sort of extrajudicial uh, shooting sprees (laughs) against the gangs, and they've killed, like they'll kill nine at the same time in the kind of situation where we ask of the U.S. government when a drone kills some uh, leading terrorist figure, we say, did you have to kill 20 people along with that guy? Who are they? Were they all really little terrorists or were there <laughs> some excess people there? You kind of wonder here too, were there, were they all gang people? But they have had some successful engagements with the gangs. They've actually been able to say, we killed this one and the nickname of that gang leader.
0: You've suggested the reason why Joe Biden is unlikely to order a U.S. military intervention to defeat the gangs and restore order in Haiti, especially before the midterms. But but after that, do you think he might?
1: It could happen that Biden will just feel that the, the boat people coming into Florida is not good for the next election. Boat people from Haiti, it alienates the uh, Cuban conservatives even more than they're alienated already and um you know he may feel that that we have to go in for some reason because Haiti is not controlling itself to our satisfaction and because, or because too many Haitians are dying on the ground because of these gangs you just can't predict completely what the Biden administration is going to do post midterm or pre i mean they could go in before but i would be very surprised to see them have that kind of courage on the other hand they left afghanistan but not this soon before the midterms.
0: One other story that didn't get any coverage, I saw that Haiti's prime minister, Ariel Henry, came to Los Angeles, our town, in June for the Summit of the Americas, and that he gave a speech and he met with American diplomats. I saw one photograph online where he looked splendid, really beautiful suit, but somehow this this
1: didn't really make the news at all. He's a very handsome guy, actually, and very tall, very imposing, perfect presidential material. Unfortunately, he is a de facto prime minister and by trade a neurosurgeon, which is not doing him that much good right now because no one's coming to his operating table to be operated on. So, yes, he did come to L.A. for the Summit of the Americas. He gave a speech. Uh, it didn't really propose any changes in what he's been not doing. You know, he met with American diplomats. Well, he does that in Haiti also. So, yeah, he came to L.A. That's kind of (laughs) cool. I should have tried to interview him here, but I failed, to because he's de facto and he doesn't do anything. So.
0: So the acting de facto prime minister does nothing. Haiti needs a government that does a lot. What what should this government
1: be? There is a group that was originally called the Commission for a Haitian Solution to the Crisis, and they um, put together really a plan for um, an interim government leading to elections at the Hotel Montana in Port-au-Prince, and therefore have had the very confusing name to Americans of the Montana Group or the Montana Accord. And everybody thinks, what? They came to Montana? (laughs) No, they did not come to Montana. They went uptown. So their plan is a very carefully laid out and possibly impossible plan to follow, but a carefully laid out plan of uh, this group of many, many groups. It's an umbrella group for about 200 groups around the country, Um, peasant groups, labor groups, uh, human rights groups, political groups, grassroots groups, uh, shantytown groups, and uh, a sprinkling, a nice sprinkling of the Haitian elite, whom we've always seen the more progressive among them. Um, And they all speak English, those people at the top of this fabulous group of, of fantastic Haitians. So they can relate to the embassy and everything. And they've had talks with the embassy, but it is a big group and no one knows who will rise to the top of it. Um, But their hope is to install an interim government, um, which they've already elected. There's a president of this group. Fritz Jean is his name. And uh, to move toward reestablishing a judicial process, a process of justice.
0: What to do about the gang members is, of course, we've said the most urgent problem. There are these assassination squads that are trying to kill off the leaders of the most violent and dangerous gangs, but there's many hundreds of gang members and what's going to happen to them?
1: These are largely young men of the shantytowns. Now I've said already, they're not necessarily running themselves, these gangs. They're being run by other stronger sections of Haitian society. So what do you do with kids from the shantytown who don't really have much future in Haiti, less and less as they destroy the society more and more, to be honest. These are 16 year old to 22 year olds. Uh, Some of the gang leaders are in their thirties. They're people, many of them are people who've left the police because the police didn't offer enough. They offered a weapon, the police offered a salary, Sometimes the salary was paid, sometimes it wasn't, it was very low, there were no benefits. It's very different in a gang. In a gang, you get paid a lot, you're risking a lot, you get paid in kind sometimes. In drugs, you get paid money, it's more money than the police get and it's pretty regular, as long as you do what is necessary, what you're called on to do. So to integrate them, the, say, Montana group, should it come to power by some incredible fortune, would have to offer them, real jobs with real money and a future. That would have to be uh, underwritten probably by the international community, that kind of money that you would need to reintegrate all the members of the 200 uh, gangs in Haiti plus more, and start dealing with the shantytowns themselves in general. So you have to give these people a reason to want to live longer and make a steady income instead of live shorter and make a lot of money. Um, And you have to get their guns away from them. To get a gun away from a child, say a fake gun away from a small child, I've dealt with three male children, Um, (laughs) is very difficult. To get a big real gun away from a big teenage kid is really, really hard. You have to convince them they're gonna go on living without that gun and that they're gonna have a way to live a decent life after that. And by decent, I mean a life not just bearable, but with maybe a little nice thing here and there, the way we have in our lives. They would like that. It's going to be a hard road to hoe. Do you think they can get out from under the, these gangs?
0: Well, the IRA was disarmed. The IRA is a much better organized
1: Yeah. Hierarchical. Army. But it's a hierarchical army. It's a
0: hierarchical army with a long history. And if their it's leaders just, say, we've signed this. Do
1: I mean, I think it can be done, but you have to talk to the people who are running the gangs. Now, they all know who's running the gang. As I always like to say about Haiti, the top people know everything that's happening. You just have to pull it out of them and they won't tell reporters. But they know who to talk to. And maybe if you can convince those people, but, you know, those people, some of them are hardened criminals.
0: The L.A. gang truce was organized basically by by, uh, reformed. OGs, original gangsters, older survivors who could right. see that this really wasn't much of a life.
1: Yeah, but you see, in the LA gangs, this was a community preying on itself. Yeah. So it was gang wars inside the ghetto preying on each other. This is a whole country. So these people are not preying on each other, although to an American, they might all look the same. They're preying on the political class. It's like if if the Crips were assassinating the mayor if the Crips went into (laughs) the courthouse downtown and took it over and burned it down. That's what's happening. So it's harder to deal with. And it's more important.
0: Amy Willens, she wrote about Haiti most recently for The Nation in a piece titled, The OAS Admits Culpability in the Destruction of Haiti. You can read it online at thenation.com. Amy, thanks for talking with us today.